and welcome to Wayward Parents, a prequel podcast where your local supernatural veterans and finale deniers watch the Winchesters. My name is August and my pronouns are they, them. And my name is KK and my pronouns are she, they. And we're alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us today. I feel, KJ, you said earlier when we were talking that you feel like we've been left without a, a babysitter. Um, we don't have any adult supervision um, or any You're supervision. Older than Beth, but... <laughs> this is true. I would be the adult supervision, but I'm not going to be. I'm going to be an irresponsible adult. Mm. Uh, Beth took the week off and uh, we're here to talk about this episode, which is season one, episode 11. You've got a friend. August, do you have anywhere you want to start or do you want me to tell you who wrote and directed this I episode? think we should start as we always do with writer and director. I like this. I will say I like this episode much better than last week. Yeah, me too. Feels like we're back. I'm feeling better about that. Me too. Me too. But yeah, let's start with writer and director. This episode was written by Nicole Desperito. This is her first writing credit. Okay, again, we're really like yeah. rolling through them. She she has a lot of production staff credits. She has one from this show for episode three, Your Lost Little Girl, and episode seven, Reflections. Okay, cool. She is production staff for all of season seven of Once Upon a Time, which is basically a spinoff of Once Upon a Time. It's not, it's season seven, but it's like a whole different show. So this feels like the same vein. <laughs> okay, I never watched season seven. I did not make it that far. I didn't realize they had like, it was like a spinoff. Uh, it basically is. Most of the main cast didn't come back for season seven and like Henry's an adult. Oh, why did they not just cancel the show at that point? I thought it was very good, but fans were big mad about it. As they, well, I mean, change is hard. Yeah, change is hard and it was a big change. Oswald is season five of Scandal. So like a new writer, but like not new to television by any means. And this episode was directed by Lisa Soper, who directed episode five, Legend of a Mind, as well as five episodes of Miller's Original Sin and one each of Chilly Adventures of Sabrina and Riverdale, which I think we talked about when we recorded episode five. Yeah. We definitely did. I mean, it's really interesting to see with Winchesters how, like, they're bringing in so many writers with, like, those similar genre and those similar, like, CW kind of teen Mm -hmm. drama shows. Like, I think it's a really interesting kind of shift from Supernatural. Not that there weren't any of those people that, like, directed on Supernatural. Obviously, there were. But it's interesting to see people whose primary directing has been in, like, teen soap dramas. Yeah. Being on Winchesters, which is kind of that, but also kind of not that. Yeah, I mean, like Supernatural had like all the X-Files Smallville which makes sense (laughs) for that like genre and and also the era and uh, the Winchester has other CW properties like (laughs) (laughs) of this era and also about younger characters because that's also the thing is Supernatural at its youngest Sam was like four years older than Mary is in this show so kind of makes sense is there anywhere from there you would like to start (laughs) my notes are fairly chronological today. Okay, so you started with Gene Winchester voiceover because it was so immediate. I thought that my, like, episode had skipped a bit. I, like... <laughs> well, we've had it, like, quite late in the last couple yeah, of episodes. Yeah, I was like, I was like, did I miss a scene? Like, <laughs> Yeah, we've had it after the cold open. Yeah, uh, but no, this episode starts with the Gene Winchester voiceover. Which I think in some ways made sense for the episode and also, you know, we're not getting any more actual reveal of Dean mm-hmm. in this episode. We don't get, you know, 
I think we were proven right. If he's going to show up, when he's going to show up, it's not going to be till episode 13. Like, we're right. I'm yeah, I'm actually thinking, like, the end of, like, next episode is the second last episode. I think, like, the that'll be the cliffhanger on episode 12, I think. <laughs> I think we'll at least get some hints of him. I don't know if we'll actually see. I'm, I'm undecided on whether or not I think he'll actually see him, based on also the synopsis for next week and the previews and stuff. But I do hope he, like, fully shows up. This, he'd fucking better. Before we actually talk about the episode, something this episode may be unreasonably excited to see is a <laughs> lot of Dean Winchester fight scene. Like, where yes. they're teamed up in a fight. I, oh my god, yes. Really want it. I don't, I was, I was like, I don't know why I want this in this moment, but like, I think I they really would do. I think they would have such an interesting dynamic, those two. Cause like, I think, yeah, I'm imagining them interacting at all and going, that's, I think, a really interesting, like, Lotha's so insightful. Hmm. And she's not a fighter, but like, Dean Winchester is, so like, she's covered. She's good. Not even a worry, honestly. No, no. <laughs> and then like, Dean's kind of used to like, letting someone with more knowledge, like, tell him what to do. Like, that is his dynamic with Sam and Charlie and, and Cass. Cass. Like, he, like, he, he can really take that cue of like, oh, here's information I need. <laughs> yeah, and he's really pretty good at like, having, if a character shows up that has more knowledge than him in a specific area, at deferring to their knowledge. He'll be like, if he thinks he's the expert, he will not yeah. defer to their knowledge. But if he thinks they're the expert, and I think with Latha, it would be very clear that she's the expert. Also, Latha has, like, occasionally some like, big Bobby research vibes. Yeah. And I think that would be some, like, I think in some ways Dean would risk, like, would have the same kind of respect that he, like, for Latha that he has for Bobby, which actually also, like, age-wise, in terms of her <laughs> actual age. It feels so weird, because he's going to be so much older than all of them, no matter where, from where the timeline Dean Winchester is from. He's definitely older than them, well, but... <laughs> there's no way that he is from any earlier in the timeline than like I feel like season 15 like I don't yeah. I feel like he's probably from like the end of season 15 but it I doubt I doubt they would go any earlier it's gotta at least be post season 8 because it's post Henry Winchester for sure <laughs> yeah so it's it, so then yeah he's gonna be so much older but yeah I honestly I don't think I've even considered anything earlier than season 15 I think 15. we're all assuming it's like <laughs> late season 15 that. I assume it's like it's no earlier than like 15-18 like that's the absolute earliest. Some interesting phrasing about that, actually, in this episode. Yes, there is. There is some very interesting interesting phrasing. Are you talking about the whole not of this earth? Yes. Yeah. That seems to support, I know, somebody throw an AU theory. Like, this is I not. think that was Beth, maybe? That was Beth. Honestly, I could have been anybody at this point. It, honestly, I also, actually, until you said that, I thought it was you when I was thinking, when I it locked could have been me, honestly. Like, AJ have this, this, this theory? It was not a different Earth. I personally just don't. I presented it like I don't remember saying it. it doesn't mean I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did. Okay, so I think I really hope this is one of the things where I like don't want to take what John. I'm trying to like uncover the layers of this. Like John mm. obviously says this because this is what he thinks. And this is how he's put the piece together. But I can't tell if it's also the writers being like, "This is us giving you a clue." Because I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be a different version of John and Mary. I think that's the thing I will be disappointed if it is. I am okay if it's like different like if we're dealing with different earth slash versions because of timelines I really don't want it to be like this isn't actually the John and Mary from from our yes, Dean and Sam I agree I think that will be that would be a bait and switch that I would feel really frustrated about if it's not actually his parents yeah. it's just like a version of his parents that actually have their but own like if this is the like version of them where like that like creates like apocalypse world or whatever like where Mary doesn't make the deal and like John just like dies yeah 
I'd be that would be really the season four flashback episode like that. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> no, please no. I don't think that's what they'll do. I think John is just speaking out of like I don't think this is actually the writers cueing us. At least not in like I don't think John's hundred percent right. I think John's like onto something of like this yeah. is the only threat to the Okrita, obviously. But I think he's the threat because of where he comes from in the timeline, not because of where he comes from, like literally physically. I agree, that is what I hope. <laughs> also, like if Dean's dead and he's in heaven, he's no longer of this world. So it's true. It's true. And they said like of this earth, yeah. which of this makes earth. it seem less of a parallel world and more about like specifically like earth as opposed to heaven, hell, purgatory, the empty, all of which are options. Uh, that's what I'm hoping because yeah, I agree. Yeah. I do want this to be our Sam and Dean's parents. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but going back to the beginning of the episode and the, the voiceover, at a certain point, we all run out of road. The two phrases I wrote down are, at a certain point, we all run out of road. And it's what we do at those crossroads that defines us, both of which are choices. 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 The use of crossroads, considering like... Crossroads, you know, from a character who literally sold their soul. Yeah, about, and also talking about his parents, who also both make deals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the like, not literally at crossroads, but they both make deals. Right before Dean says, at a certain point, we'll run over road, he says, no matter how hard you play and no matter how hard you work. Mm -hmm. And that reminded me of in season 12, when Dean, like, and Mary are talking about Dean, and Dean's like, you were good at this. And Mary's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter how good you are, because all hunters end up the same way. It's very, like, thematically similar to a lot of the later seasons, where I think both Sam and Dean get to the point where they go, it doesn't matter what we do, like, this is the inevitable end of a hunter. And they come to, like, some sort of, I think, a little bit of quote-unquote peace about that. Like, I think they, points in, in the earlier seasons where there's a lot more, like, they're trying to fight that. And then there's points in the later seasons when they're a lot more resigned to it and they're like, we can have a good life. Like, we can have some good come out of that. Yeah. There's, like, a specific, like, Sam conversation where Sam, I think he might be talking to Eileen or Charlie or something where he's, like, at some point, like, I was, like, one more job, one more job. And then I was, like, no, this is my life. This is what I do. <laughs> but I think it's interesting when we've been like we've been talking so much about our theories about what the hell is going on with Dean but him talking like there's so many themes in this episode about like running out of time and you know your past not defining you and like making your choices about the future it's what the, you know it's what you do when you run out of options that defines you that whole question of when your back's against the wall like what are you going to choose and I just think like when you think of like 15 18 through 15 20 mm -hmm. and and how much that agency got stripped away from the characters, like Dean identifying this about his parents, who also do kind of have a fixed destiny. Yeah, they, and it's not a great destiny. <laughs> no, but it also is what they, you know, they both, like both John and Mary are going to like, quote unquote, run out of road at a certain point in their life. And they're both going to make decisions at those crossroads that will define them. Like Mary's going to make the decision to save John and John is going to make the decision to become a hunter. Again, I don't have a concluding thought there. <laughs> I I just think it's very interesting and I liked this I don't know what you thought about this voiceover but I really I liked this one I think it's like a little less weighty than some of the other ones but I it feels it's feeling like Dean very much so you know why it feels like Dean because it doesn't have a positive spin on the end of it <laughs> it's true 
That was my big issue, was that all of these quotes were like, here's a very serious thing that alludes to the very dark upbringing I've had in this long history of the show that everyone knows super well. But also, like, here's a very positive way of framing it. And um, the positive framing is the thing I took an issue with. This one, is it's very neutral. Yeah, and it's very much, like, similar to things that they had him say in later seasons about choices and about free will. This one doesn't say, like, making, like, that, like, running out of road is, like, necessarily good or bad. It's just that you're going to run out of road and you have to make a decision. Yeah. And that decision is going to have an impact yeah, on Good or bad, that decision is going to be yours. Like, I still think the like positive tone of some of the earlier uh, voiceovers, I think it's really interesting. I, I want to know why it's there. I will be better about it once we know more details about where this Yeah, from. I think it's like important too, because I think that's part of why it feels felt they it felt a little off. Like and I hope when that they're, a they're major free. character dies and then uh, like a time jump happens and you don't have the time to grieve that character, that is me with Dean Winchester and these voiceovers. So I'm like, this <laughs> could be Dean, but I didn't see the healing process, so I don't believe that it could have possibly happened. <laughs> <laughs> you are too well adjusted. You have you are talking about exactly. trauma in too healthy of a way, and I need to see how you got there and I'm really hoping that we're going to see how he got there or we're at least going to get hints as to the fact that he's getting there. Last time I saw you you were perfectly okay with dying yeah. and you did. And you did <laughs> and it was horrible and and then and you talked and into it for no reason. <laughs> yeah it's fine. It's fine. I'm bitter about the finale. What else is new? <laughs> Forever. Um, <laughs> okay okay what else? Okay I have feelings about John Winchester today and I feel very I mean, there complicated was, like, about two storylines that kind of like met in the middle at the end. But like there was a John, Akrita, Kyle, Mary, Dean storyline. Betty, <laughs> Betty. storyline. That is literally how I titled my sections. <laughs> and then there was a Carlos Lotha storyline that I split into two separate things. <laughs> yeah, similar to again last week where we split. Yeah, although this was better because they were both better storylines. Yeah, I was actually equally interested in both these storylines, so I didn't feel like when they did those scene breaks, like I was waiting to come back to the better storyline. So I think they did a better job of the balance. But again, this week was one writer, not two, right? So Also, less racism and anti-Semitism. So that's a plus. (laughs) That goes a long way for us. (laughs) Big fan of that. Okay, the Dean coding in this episode for both John and Mary is so... There's so much of it. There's so many, like, mirrors episode. Millie finally realized what these two had in common. (laughs) There was, like, a really specific moment where I was like, oh, Millie is just seeing now. I think it was when Mary decided she was going to bust John out of jail. Yeah, it's definitely that. Like, it's oh, definitely here's the thing that they like about each other. Where she's like, oh, they're both reckless idiots. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> they're both willing to make the dumbest possible decision. But also and they their will not be talked about. are exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> and like, to be fair, Millie is also a little bit like this. She's a little bit more tempered by her age, but she also makes some reckless decisions in this episode. Like, yeah, Millie really went for it in this episode i was excited for her we got a good like we got like a millie punch like mm-hmm. look she i was proud of my girl <laughs> i love i'm her. always happy to see millie but i was really i was just psyched that she was here and she was i'm actually actively unsure maybe you have thoughts on this how did john get out of the garage i okay the reason they give in the episode are that mary millie, millie just, just like, but okay i would like to bring us back to last week <laughs> where we last saw john in the garage yeah. because we didn't see him get out of the garage this week and just shows up at the clubhouse covered in blood which you know is concerning which for everybody which also seemed to be sort of less blood than that he was covered with earlier which I was like I guess it's but dried some a of it bit. came off on the way <laughs> 
Yeah, it didn't. They didn't match. I was expecting like him to be more covered in more blood covered because in of blood. how yeah. much blood there was, and so I, that was a little continuity thing where I was like, I'm not. But that's minor. But last we saw John, he was holding Kyle's body on the floor. Millie rolls up the large garage door that faces the street, and behind her, we can see the police lights. The police are actively pulling into the garage. Yes, there's no way he got out of that garage. If he had left that garage, he would have been shot. <laughs> well, and is there a door in the back? Like, I, I think there might be a I door. Mean, maybe, but how did he, he would have been shot getting off that property? <laughs> well, okay, well, I'm thinking it's dark. He goes out the back before they have a chance to get in. I just, I don't, I, I'm trying to find a way to, like, make this make sense because I also was like, how did he get here? How did he get here? They were too close. They needed to make the police seem further away. Also, how are the police not just, like, following Millie when she leaves? Because clearly they held Millie for questioning when they mm-hmm. found a body in her, on her property. Yeah, and Millie, it seems if they're really that, like, if they have the entire force out looking for John, they've, someone's gotta be following. Also, Betty never has a partner with her, which seems also like not. She's very young to not need supervision. <laughs> well, and also if they're, if they're assuming like John killed Kyle really violently, was stalking yeah. him, John is like then potentially a very highly dangerous. Like, why and everybody would you leave... knows that they used to go together. Yeah, like, why would you let her, like, either you're gonna assume either you're going to worry that she could be a target a target or that she could be collaborating or just that she might know his haunts and so like yeah somebody should definitely be with her I feel like everyone should be everyone on the police force Akrita or not should maybe be smarter about that and they should definitely have been able to catch John he shouldn't have been able to make it back to the clubhouse I have even more questions about John and Betty's relationship after this episode <laughs> me too I want to hear what are some of your questions KJ first of all we did a great job on guessing John John's pre-existing police record last. We did. We got all of them. We got, we got all, all of them. Um, the, the one that no one I think had on their list was vandalism, which is an interesting choice because John is canonically not a good artist. <laughs> I want to know what vandalism. Vandalism doesn't necessarily mean like, like it just graffiti or anything. Graffiti. I would like to know. I would like to know what the vandalism charge came from. I would just like some context. <laughs> it really didn't fit with the assault and the disorderly conduct. Yeah, I wanted. To, yeah, I also want to know the story behind the vandalism. So, like, dumb teenage vandalism. I mean, how much time does he have to do dumb teenage vandalism? He ran off to Vietnam. But he went to Vietnam. I don't know. Well, yeah, but the thing is, the kind of dumb teenage vandalism, if he, based on what we know of him, yeah. it probably happened when maybe he was, like, a preteen. Yeah, like, I'm thinking, like, a 12-year-old. I mean, like, I'm thinking, like, in order, it probably is, like, vandalism. What was the assault, other one? disorderly Ass- conduct. The disorderly vandalism. conduct probably came with the assault. Like, those were probably a one incident. Yeah. I also want to know how many incidents there are there like yeah. is this one time is this like something major and a bunch of little things or is this like multiple charges of assault yeah. and we and don't, we don't have a solid timeline on them but it is said by the Akrita detective dude that Betty and John were together when at least some of those things happened yeah I mean yeah they were teenagers they were young. towards the end of the episode when Betty and Mary are in their like fight Betty tells Mary that all of John's problems started when John and Mary met and I'm like first of all 
Millie will be the first one to tell you that John has always had problems. They are, these are pre-existing conditions. John had problems since he was four years old and his well, dad... Like 20 minutes ago, a police officer read off John's record and looked at you and said, hey, you, this, these things happened while you were dating him. Yeah. I... Yeah. <laughs> I also was like, I think, okay, Betty, I get that you're feeling like everything Mary's doing I feel like she misspoke a little bit. Yeah. I think, she, I think Betty is wants to find anyone to blame that's not John. Because she, like, I think Betty wants to believe John is a good person. And so she wants to find anyone else to be kind of responsible for, like, taking, like, dragging John astray. I was not expecting, I mean, Mary and Betty were so interesting in this episode. I was not expecting Mary to, like, to display any sort of, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Insecurity about her relationship with John versus John's relationship with Betty. Just because, like, John literally just got accused of murdering her guy that she went on one date with. <laughs> and uh, so Betty's been around this whole time. Like, if John mm-hmm. was still in love with Betty, he could have gone back to her at any time. Yeah. I think it was, I liked it though, because it was very, like, I think realistic to the age that they are. Yeah, I think so too. I just wasn't, it just wasn't what I expected from Mary. And it was nice. It was nice to see her be a little vulnerable. I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And she had such a couple of interesting moments this episode. She's very, Dean coded in her like we're gonna go and break John out I don't care if it's a stupid plan I am going to do it anyway but also having those moments of vulnerability also having that moment with John early on where she says we're gonna be okay yeah oh that was very nice yeah she forces him to not be a lone wolf like John is fully ready to be like yeah I'm just going to deal with this myself and not get any of you involved and all three of them are like fuck that and I really like that I like that Carlos is just like if John leaving town mary's also leaving town like mary doesn't have to leave town she's not implicated in this in any way (laughs) no i but i i think it was also like a good moment for showing john's character because we know he eventually becomes this very lone wolf doesn't work well with other hunters thing and i think it's interesting to see that that's immediately his solution is to isolate himself and it's only because he has like the three of them around that are like you're not we're not going to let you do that like john with protective forces is able to to be a member of a community when he has protective forces around him and I think about like when we know man Mary actually dies like he doesn't have he either doesn't seek have or doesn't seek out those protective like forces Millie also really trusts Betty and also confirms to Mary that they were very much in love which makes me really really want to know what happened to Betty and John why did they break up like what happened to their relationship they're engaged like that's a very serious breakup I wonder I wonder if that any of that has to do with like everything in Vietnam we found out also a huge piece of information huge piece of job lore drop <laughs> yeah I don't think you that we, we did not know this not through know 15 seasons John that John was a POW like prisoner of war like that's a that is a different big... type of trauma than just being a soldier like which is also like very traumatic but like especially in a war like Vietnam but also yeah. like being a POW in Vietnam Vietnam specifically was traumatic but yeah to be a POW that was a new piece of information that we did not have and I was like oh, here is a layer of trauma that we had not previously known about. And also, like, explains, I think, a lot about John's, like, struggle with when he doesn't have control. And 
when he's not in charge in a situation because he has experienced like both the lack of control in terms of in terms of like having to listen to a superior's orders and in terms of like war just being intrinsically something you can't control but he's also literally been a prisoner of war yeah. where you have no control where you like are you're only the only and the only thing he control in that moment was like not saying secrets like not giving anything away it just like explains a lot of of his character and i yeah. wonder if that has something to do with him and betty not working out like i wonder if that happens i wonder if there's some trauma there yeah i i just really really want to know yeah. what happened specifically but i do want to talk about john being a pow because first of all I, like i thought about like for for them to like go to reveal this and then immediately they leave john in that room chained to a table by himself and i remembered sam and dean in season 12 like mm-hmm. they broke when they were held by the government like and john i think you don't see a lot of fear from him in this episode in terms of being afraid of the law enforcement or afraid afraid of like but what he'd win the moment he does look afraid is those moments where he is alone those moments where he has no option yeah it's like when they're like you're not getting out of here and then like also like when they're like you're not gonna make it to prison either like like we're gonna take you from this locked room into a locked vehicle and then you're going to die yeah like for someone with john's background like incredibly incredibly traumatic and John is posturing so hard mm-hmm. very similar to Dean the way Dean postures when he is in a sticky situation which I also thought I really really liked the writing around that yes. <laughs> felt so much like early seasons Dean when the few times he was arrested when he gets slammed on the table it is the exact yep. same as when they slam him on the car in the pilot like yeah 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 and just all of the like physical movements that he was doing everything he says the way he's the, the, the pop culture like the quippy oh, stuff yeah, I, yeah i'll go i'll go back to that but cool i have a thing okay about john being a pow so i i believe from what i remember it's been a while since we talked about early seasons and, <laughs> and we haven't gotten here on supernatural opinions yet and it's been a while since it was probably addressed for you <laughs> i'm a very firm believer that alistair is a liar and that john broke in hell yeah i also believe that but this episode it's not like enough for me to stop holding that belief but it's like a little scene of doubt i don't okay so oh you might so act my actual belief of in terms of that is that john isn't actually the righteous man that's okay. why I mean, that I is, it doesn't yeah. matter if he breaks or not so i'm like undecided on whether or not i he, agree about, with that i don't think it matters i don't i just don't think it matters if he breaks or not yeah. in hell in terms of the seal, in terms of what Alistair is yes, lying I about. agree. I definitely agree with that. But, like, if the story is John's allegedly the righteous man and they had to wait for Dean because John wouldn't break, that was always, I'm like, no, that is bullshit. John would break. But now, he would. <laughs> but it also, I think at this point, I wonder if he would in a situation where, like, hell, there's nothing to lose and there's no one else to risk. Whereas, like, in this situation, he's A, there's still all these other people that he cares about that if he talks, he's potentially putting them in danger and in hell that's not the case in hell he still has like sam dean out there fighting the yellow demons somewhere yeah but what's he gonna like really be able to like he doesn't know what's happened to them currently yeah. he doesn't, i i i wonder if that yeah 
I go back and forth. This was just a new side of John that I had <laughs> not seen before. I was like, okay, this yeah, whole, this is a reveal, honestly. <laughs> it was, honestly, the big, I really felt for John <sighs> in this episode. It was, it was, and again, it was like, I was having that feeling of like, I wish that his story ended differently because <laughs> I, again, I really like this young John. I like what he's Me struggling too. through. I'm actually, this show better get renewed, honestly, just for more John content. <laughs> more better John. Like, it's also just Drake is so good. Yeah, Drake's excellent. Um, I'm really loving everybody, but like the John that exists for like super not in Supernatural, like this sucks. Mm-hmm. And I hate him so like more than almost any other character in Supernatural. I have strong feelings about John Winchester. Yeah, like I think in terms of characters, I like maybe hate on a similar level to John. Like maybe Lucifer, maybe yeah. <laughs> the actual devil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but this John is so well told. Like he's such an interesting character and he's so his trauma is so front and center and the fact that he is like struggling through trying to make a community and a family despite everything he's gone through and he's not like he's still his flaws are still front and center but his desire for a family is also front and center and it's yeah the the moment where he echoes like mary says to him we'll figure this out and then when betty actually arrests him he says to mary we'll figure this out i thought that was like a really sweet Oh, so nice. Of them. I was not expecting John to just go quietly. That was not what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. I'm glad he did because I, I really like Betty and I'm actually so glad. We've been wanting Betty. like Betty to be our like inside man cop mm-hmm. since we met her and that we finally got it this time. We finally got it. I, though I do have, I do, I do want to call into question both Mary and Millie's method of telling Betty because. Yeah, I think that uh, that was not one of the better talks we've had. I had a whole note. Um, I would really like to know like what Betty's just like baseline belief in the supernatural is like we've seen some hints that like Betty's from a religious family she was doing that painting of Michael and like she's Latina so like statistically she's probably Christian something Catholic maybe probably Catholic quite quite possibly but I mean who's just painting angels in their free time (laughs) people with religious trauma Um. (laughs) exactly I would just like to know like what we were going into that conversation with I assume Millie would have some like idea like they they mm-hmm. know each other to some extent. But obviously, Mary and Betty don't. But like, yeah, not not for the better talk. I was on like level with like the Donatello talk. <laughs> I just want to say, if you are ever telling someone about the supernatural and you're wanting to convince them, and you have potentially quite a lot of evidence, maybe probably lead with that evidence. I think this really could have gone a long way by like just having this at a different location that wasn't the clubhouse. Yeah, <laughs> please come to our secret underground bunker. <laughs> or yeah. Or, like, just the what, like, showing her stuff that would, would actually be helpful in giving her, yeah. like, putting, like, they needed to, like, actually give her details because I, I'm like, the, what they told her also, they were super, like, particularly Mary, pretty antagonistic. As yeah, soon as if Betty it didn't, about it. It did, like, when Betty didn't immediately buy it. And I was like, you can't expect Betty to buy it. I thought it was going really well and then it was like, immediately not going well. And I was like, oh, it, it had potential. Yeah, I think that, that both Millie and Mary are smart enough to have uh, planned a little bit more. It seems like they just were like, we should tell Betty and then just invited her there and didn't like rehearse what they were going to say. <laughs> and then we're like pissed off that she didn't believe them when they were like, yeah, no, I guess what, there, are better. Mon- there are monsters that are possessing people. I'm not going to give you any more information than that. Just you have to believe us. I'm trying to think of like a good example of like 
when the boys did the talk, like where it went well. <laughs> I'm trying to think they have they don't have a lot of examples of when they do the talk prior to someone actually seeing something. Yeah. Which I think is why it's hard to think of examples. Sarah, maybe? When they met Sarah and she like mm-hmm. really just like went with it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like did like that Betty didn't immediately buy it because yeah. the way they just explained it was so not good. I I appreciate that they she didn't also just go, Oh yeah, sure. Like yeah. remember last week when they murdered a cop? Uh-huh. You think like the police force is like very focused on this cop murder, but like remember that cop that got murdered like yesterday? Right. We haven't addressed that. <laughs> also, this is not how big is this police force? It seems pretty big for the size of war. <laughs> in the supernatural universe, I should say. I just want to know more about how things are actually working in Lawrence because I'm confused about that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I am confused about that. Once they have, they do the big fight and then Lotha like puts the bracelet on Betty, kind of get like hive mind Akrita confirmation yep. based on the green light stringy things. Yeah. Which again, that means that they know that John and Mary kidnapped a cop and let another man of letters chop him up. That was yesterday for the timeline. <laughs> it was two weeks it's ago like for you us. you could maybe frame, also frame Mary at this point. Yeah. Pretty, and you yeah. could just arrest them both if you're trying to get information about Dean. Uh, they should know that all four of them are working together. Actually, that all five of them are working together, like including Millie. It is, I, yeah. I think also because we don't know how many Akrita there are and how much of the police force the Akrita have taken over. Also, why didn't the Akrita take Betty over? I'm just very curious about that and given that they take Kyle over. Wow. I was really glad to hear that. I was nervous about that. Me too. I don't I don't want Betty to be possessed, but I'm curious strategically as why to why they didn't based really on her connection to John. I'm glad they didn't and that John took the step this week to be like, hey, you need to get this tattoo so that you don't get possessed. <laughs> yeah. I bet you the local tattoo artist in Lawrence is like, what the fuck is this tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like tattoo artists are the kind of people that know so many interesting things about their communities because of they know the, what's the tattoo trend Betty is gonna be like the sixth person in the last like two weeks to come in like, with and ask for this tattoo a phrase that made me laugh from Millie is when I think it's when they're talking about the cops she says you mean where they secretly bugs and I I think Millie had a few underrated funny lines in this episode yeah. like I think Millie was low-key the funniest character in this episode I agree I mean everyone else had some shit going on <laughs> yeah but Millie is like genuinely funny and I I'm very happy about it. That reminds me of my big issue with this episode. <laughs> what is your big issue? It's with the Akrita. How long is this end of the world going to take? This Akrita yeah. detective goes on a whole speech about how John shouldn't worry about due process. If this goes to trial, the jury would also be a trial takes months. How long is, how long are we doing this end of the world? It's a really good question because they also like what are they waiting for? I thought this was an imminent apocalypse danger situation. Maybe imminent to them is not imminent to human. I was like, we have time to corrupt due process? <laughs> I thought the world was At the was state ended. level. At the state level. Yes. I thought that the world was ending Good question. Like, this week. I thought that we were on a strict highlight. Apparently, no, this is going to take a while. <laughs> or could take a while. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I was like, I didn't know we had time to worry about state legislature and court. <laughs> This episode is the last in a long line of we don't understand anything about the Akrita. does also feel very, like, isolated to Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, I still, I think, in my head feel like the Akrita and this entire situation are happening just in Lawrence. But I yeah, know it that's how it feels. <laughs> it feels like, but yeah, I again, I don't understand the Akrita's plan or how it's carrying out 
or the timeline. And we just got like, so we got all of uh, Will Cox, the dude from Austin. We got all of his like, freedom research, and that was just kind of like a throwaway thing. Like, I think it was a lot that I was like, we got all this research, and there was nothing helpful in that research at all that we got to this week. It was not mentioned. Did they get a chance to look at any of it? I don't think they did. Because <laughs> I think they were kind of busy with the whole like John in prison. I mean, I guess, I guess next week when they do have time for it. I would hope that that's what they're doing, but also John and Mary are not there anymore, so it's going to be Millie who's going to have to go through that research. Yeah. Also, when John and Mary are suddenly gone from town, I, mm, I just, just, mm, the police are doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to be doing a better job, but they're not doing a good job in this, in this case with some very obvious leads that they are not following up on. They would not do well in... <laughs> KJ's court of job security. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason we have a segment for firing people and it's all, it starts and ends with the police. <laughs> I mean, for multiple reasons. Multiple, multiple reasons. Yeah, just learn how to secure a crime scene. Someone, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wanted to go back to the pop culture references before we yes. move on to like other characters. <laughs> to, yeah, to the other half of this episode. Oh, I do want to say one thing, one yeah. more thing on kind of John. Uh, they also talk about a psyche valve being in his file. I'm guessing that's a psychoval from when he joined the military yes unless he also wanted to be a cop or it's a psychoval when he returned home and was discharged and it could be either as well especially since he was a pow but i which i also would like to know more about that psychoval also or or could it be from our case we worked like episode four where they checked themselves into that inpatient would that go into his police file though i don't know if that would go into his police file or as i feel like that it would so it's some point he's had a psyche belt. I, I just want to know more about that. Yeah, honestly. I, also, I, just want... I, would, I would be very curious to just see that on a table somewhere where yeah. someone could screenshot that for us. Yeah, because <laughs> they talk about the the cop, the detective talks about John having a death wish based on his psyche valve and this current circumstances. And I just want to know what is in that psyche valve that is indicating that. And when in John's story is that? Good to know that that didn't start with Mary dying. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to know when John's story that is. Just to know the death wish was built in. <laughs> yeah, that this is not new to John Winchester. Again, super tragic. Okay, to go back to those pop culture references, because they're very specific supernatural references. Yes, they are, and very I was so happy moments. about them. Okay, so John lists off three possible aliases for Dean. They are Jeff Beck, a member of the Yardbirds, Eric Bloom from Blue Oyster Cult, and Levon Helm from The Band, which are all aliases Dean Winchester would absolutely use. Yep. And I just thought I would highlight where those bands came up specifically in Supernatural. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. Take us on a journey, KJ. The Yardbirds turn to Earth was used in Season 7, Episode 17 when Cass is getting his memories back. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like smiting all these demons. Talking about cats, but okay. Blue Oyster Cult obviously uh, don't fear the Reaper in Faith, and Fire Vendor and Origin and Burning for You in um, Hell House, which is the prank war, and also Ed and Harry's first episode. Yeah, Leave on Helms the band. Their uh, song "The Wait" was used in season ten, episode eight, when Donna and Jody like basically become friends, and then Sam and Dean are driving up to assist Jody with the case at that uh, oh. police conference. Thing. But like Donna and Jody have like a moment where they're like, oh yeah, like your life is is sucking and my life is sucking.
thing and we're like kind of friends about it now. Hmm. That's that's a really interesting. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, these are being used because to show that John Dean yeah. mirror. But I think I, I, it felt really nice to see that. And it felt really nice to see John quipping at yeah. like to he him using his own like strategy to basically say fuck to basically say fuck you, but not in so many words. Very, it was a very Dean move. I was like the the way he I mean, yeah, like that. right out of the pilot where Dean's like insisting his name is Ted Nugent. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I it made it was. I was charmed by that moment. It was delightful. And then John tells the creator that whoever Dean Winchester is, like that guy's probably uh, gonna fuck them up, and he hopes that he gives them out. And if I had to guess, like just like a a guess, probably he will. <laughs> yeah, I I will I will say John is right on money there. Like he's yeah. a threat to you. Yes, he's a threat to you. Statistically, Dean Winchester fucks up cosmetics. Like Billy, the better the the better. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I also am really will be really interested. I'm just thinking about this now to see this version of John interact with Dean. And yeah. I hope we get that because I think we've seen John interact with younger versions of his father, but non hunting versions of his father and him getting to interact with a hunter version of his father at like 20 is I think would be such a weird mindfuck, especially this John, because this John is so soft compared to like every yeah, John. That's so open. Like, soft like, but still a hunter. Whereas yeah. like Dean has only ever known him as like not soft and a hunter or as soft but not a hunter. And honestly not this soft. Honestly even. <laughs> no. Season 4 and 5 flashback like John are still deta- more detached whereas this John is like very attached to people. <laughs> and I think it'd be very interesting to see Dean and John, this John interacting in terms of like their hunting situation and their hunting skill because again John has gone yeah this guy's probably gonna fuck you up i think it'd be fun to see how john reacts to that who okay so if there's like a situation where somebody gives like a final blow in this fight with the akrita like who do you think it's gonna be (laughs) do you think it's gonna be dean or do you think it's gonna be like one of the four i think in order dean mary john carlos lata in order of like that's that would be my ordering millie's probably after that Millie, okay, Millie probably, okay, so Millie is probably between Carlos and Lata. Ada is at the bottom of my yeah, list. Yeah, I mean, Lata's not hurting anything, even the Akrita, unless she absolutely needs to, to not die. Like, yeah, that's why I don't think it's likely. I think that she's pretty near the bottom of that list, unless it's, yeah. Millie Neil. probably will if she has to save John's life. Oh, I think Millie will even if she doesn't have to save John's life. Yeah. I think Millie I mean, will yeah, if she's she might there. Based on Millie in this episode, Millie will go for it if she's there, but I'm not convinced that Millie will be there or will have that opportunity. I think Dean is still probably the most likely, but I think Mary, like I think Dean and Mary are equally like pretty likely. I don't know if it'll be John. What do you think the chances are that the Colt makes an appearance? When I think like a good final blow thing, I think of one of the Winchesters like grabbing the Colt and like taking that minute. <laughs> would would the Colt work on the Akrita though? They're not I'm from this clear. world. I'm clear. Again, we don't know any fucking things about the Akrita. <laughs> we don't know that information. The Akrita, and we don't really believe- have enough detail on things that the Colt can't kill. We know yep. God and Amara and Lucifer. That's at least two things that the Colt can't kill. 
We just don't know. Also, it has 15 seasons of Supernatural and 11 episodes of this show, and we don't know anything about the Akrita. I feel like we still know nothing about the Akrita. <laughs> like, really we don't, honestly. I feel like we just, I just, like, I'm, like, kind of high mind confirmed based on the, like, green light stringy things, but, like, maybe not. Only kind of. Mm, I was also questioning that piece. I, I also, okay, go, I'm just gonna go back very, very briefly to the, to Betty. She didn't have enough information to, like, suddenly know everything mm-hmm. based on seeing those green lights. Like, yes, I yes. will give, like, you see those green lights when that bracelet's on you, you're probably gonna go, okay, maybe they're onto something. But I feel like she just, like, is immediately understands way more than she has information to understand. I'm just, I'm a little, it's a little nitpicky, but because I actually genuinely, like, loved Betty in this episode. Oh, I just yeah. thought the way they did deal, dealt with her, like, reveals to the supernatural was just a little sloppy. I do feel I did really like about this episode in regards to Betty was that when uh, Carlos, when they leave Betty behind at the police station, her and Carlos default to their first language, which is yes. Spanish. <laughs> yes, yes. I was because hoping you would bring that Because it's just the two up. of them and they're both Spanish speakers. Like, they don't need to speak English when it's just them. <laughs> I, and it's coming with like, again, they've done that with Carlos quite a lot. Like, they've put, given many, like, in like, at least, uh, this is at least the third episode. I think it might be like even the fourth or fifth episode that he's had a conversation with someone. It's been so much since there's so many people whose first language are Spanish live in the States and like how many episodes of Supernatural we have where like maybe every like once a season they came across someone that spoke Spanish. Well and yeah I think it's just it's really it's really nice to see. I, I have a big issue with the original show that like neither of the Winchesters are at all bilingual. I just feel like that that is a major oversight. But they're <laughs> so white. They're they such are. white characters. They I think are, that's but why. You can learn a language at any time. <laughs> yeah. But when? Like when are they going to learn a language? When are they going to take know. the time to learn a language? I feel I like. Just, the fact that Sam doesn't speak in a, a second language. Okay, that's, that one I'll, <laughs> that one I'll give you. I was like, I do not think Dean is learning a second language unless he needs to. Like, he's only learning one of his strategic. Sam knows a teeny tiny bad bit amount of Spanish. Yeah. And, I mean, I do also believe they both learned sign. Yes, they did. Um, and Sam definitely had a little bit of that before, but like, it is the second most spoken language in the US and they travel <laughs> everywhere all the time. <laughs> they must be running into people that speak Spanish like fairly regularly. Oh, yeah. They would pick up a little bit. You would wonder if they would attempt at least like have a base little bit and attempt bad Spanish. That would have been probably a reasonable thing to assume would have happened. Yeah. Not that they would, I don't, but also Supernatural was just not good at that sort of stuff in general. <laughs> so if they had done it, they probably wouldn't have done it well. Before we move on to Black Eyed Carlos, um, I, I do want to talk about uh, really quick. First of all, John drove Mary's car in the final scene. Yeah. It um, is and you know, I have that driving thing. <laughs> yep. Someone's taking control of the narrative. But also, they have a really nice conversation. And John's still having a very hard time with Kyle's death. Like, this has very severely impacted him. He has really felt this death of this person he doesn't even really know. I was really looking for another callback to uh, his friend that died. Me too. Um, I was looking for that happen. callback because of that discussion in the car because that's also we also, like, had that scene in one of the early episodes with the We're car where he had the It's the first time we've seen a picture of Maggie, so you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we've actually seen Maggie now fully. Not even just a picture. Yeah, this, but like that was the first time we saw a picture of her as well. Yeah. Like we, we've been talking about her death for 11 episodes. It's true. And they live in the house that she lived in. It's not like they live somewhere she's never been before. But anyway, I was just really glad that John was upset. I was mm-hmm. glad to see upset, even though he didn't really know Kyle. Like he's not just like indifferent to this thing that happened. Like this was traumatic for him. And he knows that it wasn't his fault. And Mar- him and Mary have a conversation about that. But he is still yeah. feeling 
it all, and I thought that was nice. I like that everybody's having feelings about it, too. It's like, Mary and Millie talked about it as well, like, for... Yeah. Mar- Millie just acknowledged that she knows that that was Mary's friend, like... Yeah. Speaking of, let's, let's go into the Lotha and Maggie stuff. Okay, yeah, we're gonna swap, we're gonna move to the other half of this episode. Okay, yeah, I have so many notes about this. I have a lot of feelings about this. Completely out of context, but, like, I hadn't seen the episode yet, but the episode had aired. I saw a tweet that was, like, vaguely, like, about Lotha and Maggie, and I was like, oh, like, that is a fun conclusion. I don't know what happened in the episode yet, so I don't know what context <laughs> is. And then, like, um, at the point where we saw the, uh, the, the photo of them on the way to the concert, I was like, oh, dang, maybe that tweet was not a race. That was just a tweet about the <laughs> just a tweet about the... <laughs> it, I, yeah, I did not think we were going to get... I've been so distracted by Lotha, and, like, I really felt that the writers maybe didn't know what they were doing with her. And I they was did. Like, no, they just... It was just... They yeah, just, it was just slow. They were just waiting for that reveal. Slow. I was so distracted by her with her dream sex with her boyfriend that I didn't even <laughs> stop to see what was right in front of me all along, which is that Lotha and Maggie were in a relationship. Yes, they absolutely were. Okay, so at the end of the episode, when when <laughs> when Lotha goes to Carlos and is like... Oh, I absolutely thought she was coming out. I, <laughs> I felt so... Like, the thing is, I liked what she said, but I also was like, yeah, duh, your parents are alive. Like, this is... Based on the story you told, that's not surprising. Like, yeah, exactly. Tell us that Maggie was your girlfriend, obviously. You know who I was in that moment? I was Sam in the episode where Dean comes home and he's like, I'm in love. And then he's she and Sam goes, wait, what? That was me in that moment. <laughs> and like, yeah, no, we already know this. I probably figured that out. Carlos is a smart character. He's a smart person. He's mm-hmm. probably figured that out for himself. Based on everything, the fact that he gives her heck for like going to the concert without without him, but also recognize like he very clearly understands what Maggie, how important Maggie was to her, and the fact that him the fact that her and Maggie had a different kind of relationship than the two of them have. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about Carlos and Maggie having any kind of interaction at all before this episode. Even though, because like Maggie has been very isolated to Martha and Mary and Samuel and kind of Diana, like Diana's absence. Yeah, I mean, she was she was a part of their family. And so was Lotha. And so I was so distracted by that. I think that's honestly why I was distracted out of this Lotha and Maggie relationship was so I was like, well, Lotha was like living with Mary and Mary and Lotha like family, therefore Lotha and Lotha <laughs> like, that's that's also like that's not the no, that was not Not it. the vibe not <laughs> the vibes. <laughs> not it. I was just blind to reality. <laughs> It's so obvious now, looking back. Yeah, I think this is the thing is, I think they've been dropping those hints, but it wasn't really obvious until this episode because we didn't get a chance for Latha to really talk about her relationship with Maggie. Yeah. We obviously got to see a, like, version of Maggie. This is absolutely not the first time that Latha has pulled out some Maggie fact that Mary didn't, doesn't know her about her cousin that was basically like her sister. They've been building, I think, this yes. bond between oh, the two I of them, it and it's a so different much. bond. And, I mean... <laughs> Because, no, mm, the I whole, like, dead, so, like, that sucks, but, like, I'm way more invested in this already, based on this one episode, than Latha and her, like, dreams act with Tony. <laughs> like, does this mean anyone that had Latha as queer on their bingo card? I think, yes, I think that is a check for everybody. You, no one calls their, yeah, Sweet Pea? Sweet Pea. That's a, that's a 
a romantic kind of term. Yeah, I would also like to file a complaint with IMDb <laughs> for listing uh, that actress as playing Sonia. I was like, that is not Sonia. It's very clearly Maggie. A, she looks just like Mary, and B, it's the exact same sweater as in the photo that we just saw of Lafayette yeah. Maggie. It's the exact same outfit. And what she says to her is not... Yeah. And she's they're also the wrong age. Yeah, it makes no sense. I was like, what do you mean that's Sonia? I was very confused. Was Sonia like, also I... raised Latha, like yeah. practically. So Sonia, like, that, that actress is too young. all of this? Like, I was very confused. If you had not mentioned that, I would n- never have considered that. Well, I was looking on IMDb to see who the actress was, and then like she was crying, it's like Sonia, and I was like, maybe they did that so they wouldn't, like, re- like maybe that was how it was listed originally, so they wouldn't reveal that Maggie was going to be in an episode, but like, right. who knows? Who knows? Also, not totally related, but partially related to uh, Maggie <laughs> and Latha, where Latha, like, remembers that Mary and Samuel and Maggie are all Toastettes fans. Yes, I want to talk about Toastettes. For, for people who don't know, Toastettes are basically, like, Pop-Tarts plus fun, younger brother. Um, it's the Sam Winchester of, like, Toaster Shrew. Like, he's a Pop-Tart and Sam's a Toastettes <laughs> It has no icing. It's just like a toaster. Sh- it's like a pop tart, but with no icing. Yeah, I actually didn't know what a toastette was. I had to look I it up. I had to Google. But they uh, were created in 1967, three years after pop tarts and toast and pop ups, and they were discontinued in 2002. Because <laughs> <laughs> they basically were not as popular as pop tarts. Yeah, they were created to compete with pop tarts, and they did not. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, maybe this is, like, a thing that only existed in the 70s. But, like, no, it's like a thing that existed for, like, 40 years. It's just, like... They were, like, yeah, fruit-filled pastries. They look less exciting than... But they did them in all sorts of different, like, flavors, just like Pop-Tarts. They really were just knockoff Pop-Tarts. Yeah. <laughs> Which also, like, kind of makes sense for a family baby like the, the Campbells, who probably weren't... didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, I'm like, they, you, know? you can't keep... You can't keep perishable food in your fridge when you're on the road all the time. That's not a thing. <laughs> but I was just... I was just very... Um, I don't know. Like, that is very fun, like, Lotha Maggie lore, but it's also, like, very, I don't know, Samuel doesn't strike me as a guy who likes a toaster. <laughs> which Carlos identifies. Carlos is, like, Samuel, which I thought was very, very cute that yeah, he, he strikes me as a guy who, like, I don't know, like, doesn't eat sugar and, like, flosses. <laughs> he does not strike me as the kind of guy who flosses. He strikes me as the kind of guy who doesn't eat sugar because he thinks that's too... He's a guy who just, too... like, doesn't go to the dentist. Like, yeah, he just like, too much joy. Too, early. <laughs> too much joy and or it's too feminine. Like, yeah, too much joy. Too much joy. Samuel must be grumpy all the time. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to ever uh, Latha and Maggie and the whole sweet pea thing. Uh, it was it was so tender, too. Like, the way Maggie just cuts through Latha. Like, Latha, I don't think we think of as, like, a character who's, like, defensive and guarded. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, very clear that what Maggie was able to draw out in Latha. Yeah. And then, like, when Latha, like, calls her out as, like, you're not Maggie. Like, it, like, it goes from sweet pea to Latika. There's no Latha. This is not a friend no it's like you don't it's like you don't want to acknowledge and be vulnerable and like hear me when i'm calling you this pet name so i'm gonna go to your full name it was i think that like we got to see a side of latha that was like really beautiful and also really sad this episode i i'm really glad we got her backstory i'm really glad we now understand her i just had a thought we've had this whole episode where like the whole like latha's whole storyline premise base was like rested on her divulging a secret 
secret and she didn't she wasn't forced to come out in that moment yeah which is but we still have this whole coming out thing that happened for the audience like yeah. it was still a queer a queer revelation for the audience but it was not the deep dark secret that this episode hinged on which thank goodness we are beyond like I've read coming out as the deep dark secret we're in like and like it's not coming out if you're forced to do it and it's also like just because you haven't come out does not mean it's a deep dark secret it just means you haven't chosen to tell certain people for a variety of reasons like coming out should not be a requirement of queer people I'm sure Lotha is well aware that her family would love her like Carlos is (laughs) well loved by by them all like they all love Carlos everyone's cool with Carlos I feel like that's not the issue the issue could definitely be that Mary is not cousin uh yes I feel like they may even know she's queer also they it may not yeah, mean that she, they maybe. don't know she's I queer mean, they might just not know about Maggie but <laughs> well yeah but John is he's John might know. not know because he's oblivious yeah uh, if John doesn't know it's because he just like yeah, is oblivious when, when does he have time to care honestly yeah he's cool he with Carlos t- too like it's not like he would actually care as far as we know like yeah there's well they haven't had much time to focus on nobody's had much time to focus on their yeah. love life including John and also, Mary who Martha, the show's about like, has, even Martha's current relationship like I don't think John and Mary know about that <laughs> well because she's only dream banging him that's like <laughs> Carlos knows about the dream banging but John and Mary have not had much time to talk to Carlos or Lotha I hope next week that they set a little bit of time to catch up with each other I know that everyone's on the run it seems like next week is going to be kind of case of the week and they're all going to be working hopefully all working it together so I'm yeah, hopeful I can't for that. believe I'm saying this but I would like a, like a return to episode like two remember episode two where they went to the cult <laughs> yeah this seems like that but it's in we'll terms of it being one off <laughs> we'll get anyway we'll talk about that later I have some feelings about the choice that they're making for the second to last episode but it's fine we'll get there people conceal things for all sorts of reasons logical or not I just wrote in my notes confession and I have mm, some big old feelings about how Cass is like how long we know Cass knew how he felt about Dean and people concealing things for like people not telling something for all kinds of reasons some of which are are logical and some of which are not seems very interesting in an episode where Latha we've got so much around queerness and Latha and Carlos as this like out queer person who is nothing but support for Latha both in working through his trauma and in her queerness just mm, mm, <laughs> mm. there's a lot of Destiel parallels in this episode again again this every time not to go back to Maggie but to go back to Maggie so the whole reason okay, do. we haven't even explained like what the bracelet's doing but like the whole bracelet thing <laughs> is that the bracelet they need the bracelet so that they can figure out who the agreed are but Maggie hit the bracelet which probably means either Maggie had a dark secret that she resolved or someone Maggie knew had a dark secret that they resolved and I would just like to know more about Maggie again we still don't have a lot of details about Maggie really don't um though I will say in terms of the bracelet like I think they needed to clean up that lore a little it was the bracelet was very convenient but also very unclear how it worked and then it like worked exactly when they needed it to exactly just, how they needed it to I yeah think, yeah i think like another scene where we did a test run would have been helpful but like there just wasn't time for it yeah i think they were again plot plot convenience convenience i think we spent a little bit long on this plot the plot to be honest not that that's necessarily bad but like there was a lot going on in this episode <laughs> they yeah it got quadrant well yeah considering like last week it felt like not a lot happened for in the entire episode this episode is so full i have a complaint <laughs> 
Um, it's a minor complaint. We need new friends so that we can call for backup uh, yeah. someone who's over the age of 13. Because Carlos tried to contact Terry and Ford, who are Mary's neighbor from episode 34, 8 and 12 years old. <laughs> I totally missed that in my watches, both of my watches. In a panic, in a dire emergency where we can't get a hold of anyone else from Monster Club, we need to be able to call someone over the age of 13 in the future. Where the fuck is A? I guess A is with Samuel, but like, why where are we are not? They? What? Mm, where are I guess it's only been like, it's not been very long since but they still, left. still, where are they? And also, can we communicate with them? Can we contact them? Also, no. Because- there is Deanna. I feel like we could use, even, even if Samuel are like literally going to get divorced, which they're not, we can use her help. She's also a hunter. <laughs> I am genuinely starting to think that that is a plot, one of the plot lines they are not going to wrap up this season. Unless it's a big reveal, like I don't think we're going to get, I don't know that we're going to get that result. Honestly, at this point, it almost has to be a big reveal. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because she's been gone for so long with no contact. Explanation like, of where she is. I mean, even like mention her it's not even like we're actively looking for her in any way she doesn't come up Mary Samuel comes up like eight times and she would never know well and she also doesn't ever like try to contact her like we hear about her and Samuel all the time Mary actively tried to contact her and couldn't but like once like one time we and then we just were like Meh, I guess we can't <laughs> so we won't try again like are they <laughs> what's happening let's go back to the dusty parallel <laughs> okay it's a sad one get ready okay I'm bracing want to talk about it the fact that you're not real uh, and all I could think of was the scene where, like, calls Dean after 1518, and Dean rushes up the stairs, and he's not real. And <sighs> I... What was he going to say at the top of those stairs? I, it, it haunts me. <laughs> what were you going to yeah. say, Dean, when you opened that door? Well, when you when you jumped up those stairs after Cass confessed his love to you, they just kept giving us confession after confession. The crypt scene, stuck in the middle with you. It just... Mm, they just, for me, years. They just like for years. actual confession that he went to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's things, feelings, want to experience differently. And they just kept doing it. And then they were like, psych, real, here's the real thing. Yeah. Well, Jens is here. We'll put things to right. <laughs> yeah. I have another another mm, parallel here. Okay, good. Because I don't have another one. So The truth really does set you free in more ways than one. Again, I think that's really interesting um, when you think about yeah. what we're doing here. How we possibly got here. <laughs> Okay, so I think this is another parallel. I don't want a truth bracelet to be the only reason I share things with you. And that whole thing of like, I don't want death. I don't want looming death to be the only reason I share things with you. Like, I think this show has done such an interesting job of like, not continuing the patterns of Supernatural. And this is another example of like, them making healthy emotional choices. I just really love that conversation with Carlos and Lata at the end. It's very similar to like when John was like, went to Mary and was like, hey, like we had a kiss and we were in a life or death situation. If you didn't mean that, like, that's cool. Just like, let me know. Yeah. And, and this Lata's was nice. like, hey, I told you that thing because I was forced to tell you my deep dark secret. But here I'm going to tell you something just because we're family and I love you and I trust you to be supportive of me. I also confirming, like affirming that this show is about chosen family. Mm-hmm. Carlos saying, you know, as far as I'm concerned, your parents are dead. Like your yes. blood family, your family doesn't actually matter. Yes. We're your family. I still have nothing but love for you. And then this line, which I thought was just like really beautiful, where he says, if you need time to tell them your story, take it because it's your story to tell. But I can almost assure you they won't love you any less. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about Dean, as you do. <laughs> 
on a regular basis as we do and just that whole idea of like dean in after the confession is not given any time to process to say anything back to tell any part of his own story he doesn't even have time to like tell sam what happened like he just has no time with that at all and here in this show we're getting carlos saying to latha like if you need time like take it this is your story that you're telling which i think is interesting that he says that to her in the context of like this show which is very clearly Dean's story to tell like he's literally the one telling he's the narrator telling us this story and Carlos is affirming that like you can tell your story and they won't love you any less like which is also so nice they just love each other like we talked like last week or the week before about like Lotha's like like Lotha loving Carlos really well and this week it's like the opposite where like Carlos loves Lotha really well in her time they they all just love each other they love Mary they love John Mm -hmm. Uh, I I did like that Carlos Alonso like took a moment to be like, okay, we trust John, but like the blood is a lot. <laughs> but like this is I, the callback to Mars, the Mars Neto incident too was really nice because I was like, okay, they are they have been wary of something's up with. And we've been we've been saying since then like Carlos is the only one who knows the full extent of what is happening with the group, and I think that is more true this week than ever. Yeah, Carlos has a yeah Carlos again has, knows everyone's business. I was also really sad to hear that John. Uh, immediately started and then immediately stopped the <laughs> meditation. I thought that we were going somewhere real good with that. Yeah, several weeks. But like, how long have they been? Just glad to know that that hasn't hasn't taken. <laughs> <laughs> Not actually that surprising, though. I think if we no, think about where John's going. That. Yeah, I think that was a good. I like that they put that in there in that episode because I think it gave us a chance to see that John has opportunities to develop yeah. healthy coping mechanisms, but that he's not like or not me not meaningfully enough for that they'll actually stick. With the like Latha confession specifically, Beth had a, an issue with the performance a little bit. How did you feel about it? Okay, I think that they, I think that it's like such a heavy emotional moment. It's so intense. And then it's like that. It's gone suddenly. That was it for me. I was like, something about it was really jarring. Yeah, it was very jarring. Good word. I hadn't watched the second time when Beth like sent the message of like finding yeah, the screaming, neither. sobbing dialogue to you a little bit like much. And I was like, so like the second time I was like really looking for it. And I was like, it's not so much that it's a bit much. It's that they end up back in the kitchen and Millie's there and Lotha is like smiles and sarcasm. And her tears are gone. Like yeah, even she's just physically. Upset, and he, like, she yeah, she's not not crying. She looks fine. She looks perfect. I would have like preferred for her to come back a little out of it, even yeah, if all of the circumstances. Also, Carlos was crying through that confession as well. Like they both should have been more visibly upset. Still, they should not have been able to bounce back because in other episodes where something like when John died and mm-hmm. was resurrected, like the visible emotion in that moment was very clear to everyone who came into the room after it happened, and I think that that would have benefited this. So, like you use the word jarring. I think that's a really good way of saying the issues with it. All that being said, I still thought it was like really well done. I think it was in a way like we see an a, a expression of emotion from Latha that we haven't really seen. Like that intensity is a lot considering her character so far. Yeah. But you also think about
know, like the circumstances. And yeah, I definitely don't think it's like out of expectation for that to be like a very emotional scene. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like we could have maybe just gone like slightly, like taking down like, just half a notch, half a notch. Yeah, take it down half a notch and transition better out of it. I think that's where it like loses its yeah. potency because I was like, oh, it's fine now, and I wanted to see her be less fine after telling this confession. To me, to go from scream sobbing to to fine in like yeah. three seconds it, and like quipping, yeah. yeah, like you said, the sarcasm immediately. I was like, no, no, no. I think that she would have been maybe holding it together, but just barely. And uh, maybe this is like a little like minor like directorial note. <laughs> yeah, I this is a little bit of a switch. If it's all right, I really appreciated the return of the phrase "monster club." I thought that was again a nice little callback. I think it's cool to see that the writer of this episode clearly like was, was able to do callbacks. To previous episodes, it tied it together really nicely. Yeah, and Mary getting to share, like, say, you know, I've been a card carrying member since I was a little kid. I kind of wish I didn't know about it either. And her getting that little bonding moment with Betty was, I was hoping that oh. we wouldn't just get Betty Mary rivals. The way that you just phrased that did a thing in my brain. Okay, okay, tell me. To the end of something wicked, when Sam and Dean have that conversation about like, I wish that we hadn't just told this kid that monsters exist, and then and Sam's like, yeah, and I wish that we hadn't known that either. Like, oh, oh, that's real. That's time really nice. be happening over here. <laughs> yeah, that's really nice. I would also like to just like say for the record, I feel like this goes honestly without saying honest almost, but like Blanca's father is horribly abusive, and yeah, her mother's actual- an enabler. Well, yeah, and yeah, it, hearing the story, her story, I like. I didn't know exactly where they were going with it, but it was really clear, really fast, the extent of it. And I also, was very I think we were wondering in previous episodes if there was a supernatural specific connection in her past. Nope. And I think finding out that, like, I think there is still because obviously Samuel like saved her, and and but I think knowing that like her trauma isn't primarily about the supernatural. Yeah, that's like a separate thing. Like whatever supernatural thing brought her to the Campbells is separate from what caused her to leave home. Yeah, and the bigger, the bigger, more impactful thing on her life clearly has been was that. And I think that was really well done. I think they handled that really well. I think Carlos handled that really well. I think the show as a whole like said what it needed to say about what her parents did, which was to denounce it and to denounce that abuse. Supernatural was like kind of hit and miss about accurately naming horrible parental behaviors for what they were. Yes, I think the way that Carlos reacted to that, the whole reveal was very appropriate. Mm -hmm. That was an appropriate response. I I feel much better about Lapa (laughs) than I, I honestly, I had kind of forgotten, but I, like, once we got, and once I realized that this is the storyline we're dealing with this week, I was like, oh yeah, remember in like episodes like two and three when I was like, You were super suspicious. I did not trust her. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know what is happening with Foster's family, but she is lying about it and I don't trust it. Now I'm like, okay, no, you're fine, girl. (laughs) I feel like you talked in only a couple episodes ago about her keeping secrets like Sam kept secrets in season four. I still still think that's a bad idea. I still think Latha learning magic and not telling anybody is a bad idea, but this portion where I was very suspicious in the early part of the season, uh, we're good. I'm sorry that you went through that, (laughs) Latha. Yeah, so she's she's one of the good ones, even if some of her decisions are maybe a little 
low risk, maybe a little risky. And that's, I think, maybe the only thing. I, okay, also, I think I want to draw a parallel between what she says. So she says, and she's talking about the situation with her father and, and Sanya. She says, I was so angry at how he was treating her, I couldn't control it. And I just like want to think about how her story starts with that, like an anger that I couldn't control, and then goes and then the path she takes mm-hmm. to become like a pacifist, as opposed to like John, who we know has anger he can't control. Or any other Winchester. <laughs> any other Winchester (laughs) but specifically John because we're in this narrative who also has anger he can't control but is we know gonna take like a very different opposite path path. (laughs) yeah of like instead of learning to control it which is what she does he is going to like let it end up taking over and rampaging his whole life yeah I mean okay so last week we had the whole scene where like Mary made John promise like not to mistake love for obsession in their relationship and then you know obviously (laughs) I I made a TikTok for our TikTok page about like the various times that Mary then like found out that she died and John went on to raise their kids as hunters. But like thinking about like the the quote from that Drake interview where he was like the degradation of John Winchester and then he followed <laughs> up with like but Mary following into the same mistakes. Like I think her mistake that like her pattern that she can't get out of is trusting that John isn't isn't gonna turn into that. Right. Is that she believes it whenever she believes John believes in John and she believes in John. Yeah. I we need a little we need a little like ringing we need a little like bell noise for every time we say degradation of John Winchester in an episode because I think we have quoted it every single episode since that interview came out every episode <laughs> they're just doing such a good job yeah and Drake summed it up so goddamn I mean, that well that is exactly what we were looking for and it's mm-hmm. what he's delivering so well and they have understood what we wanted out of the show but yeah I think that's a really good insight into Mary because I think she is equally trapped she has this hunting thing that she can't get out of and like this normal life she can't quite get into and she has this belief in John it all hinges around John though yeah because John is really the thing more than anything else like obviously the Akrita in this situation but ultimately like John is the thing that he is going to keep her in hunting and then she makes the deal to save John and she like dies and she just I mean she dies and she doesn't have much say in it but she I'm sure she dies believing well at least John will take care of his children Mm -hmm. and he does not and he doesn't yeah that's thing is she she's willing to like sacrifice everything for john and her kids with the belief that they're going to be fine when she does that and they're not yeah because she and the reason she has that belief is because she trusts john when he says i won't mistake a session for love and then john is continually proving that that's not actually the case which is like again so tragic because i like this john so much the fact that she even made the deal in the first place after having that conversation is a whole thing as well like yeah well again we don't know if she remembers yeah we don't know if she remembers but i mean even if she doesn't remember just like th- that sentiment must live somewhere like yeah she didn't get that sentiment from this situation like she no she's so she has such a visceral strong reaction to it like yeah, this is she, this is something she feels very strongly about and like that doesn't just happen overnight and also she's like grown up in a, in a hunting family where the obsession sure with hunting all the toxic relationships <laughs> well and she's also just seen how like people who choose hunting well yeah almost all these people who choose hunting are people who have lost someone they love and as a result gone crazy yeah and also people who have like not been able to who as a result 
of that like trauma have then dragged everyone in their either everyone in their life either gets dragged into it or, or dies. pushed away or dies like those are the three options either you your entire family becomes hunter your entire family dies or your entire family you reject them and walk away from them and like mary's seen that with her own family but she's falling into that like same trap with john and yeah they're doing such a good job of exploring that and again another reason i want another season is because i want to see more of that yes do you have anything else about the bracelet storyline i have one like small comment and it's about like when loth is telling her story she mentions um galabjam which like the dessert she talks about yeah. is like a punjabi like sweet and it's actually one that like i grew up eating because um both of my grandparents were born in in india and pakistan and so like it's actually food i like grew up eating new august low drop <laughs> yeah i lived in a com- and i lived in a community that had a, a large population of people from that region of india and so like that it was it i think one of the things i really loved about lapa's character is like how they've pulled in cultural um pieces that is a whole region of food that i am only just discovering now in my 20s yeah, so. so good I, it's my favorite it's my favorite kind of food and i think that's partly because i grew up eating it but gulab jam are like these sweets that are like spiced and cake like these are these little spiced cakes like almost like <laughs> this is okay this is gonna be way too canadian of a parallel almost like like timbits or donut holes like in shape but they're like soaked in this like they're like this these like spiced cakes that then like soaked in this like syrupy mixture I feel like that just like brought up a memory for me of like what you're <laughs> talking about i don't know when i would have ever come in contact <laughs> with with such a dessert but like i suddenly have a, a picture in my brain of exactly what you mean <laughs> that's really funny they're really delicious I do recommend them. And I I just, I think I was just another, like, I think they're really specific about how they deal, like how they express culture, both for Carlos and Lotha particularly. And I like, we got to see moments of both of that, like both with language, but also with food and clothing. We see those influences. These are not just like characters who are played by people of color who are like white culturally, who are like clearly written by white people because they're white culturally. Like these are actual characters with their, their own, own culture. Cultural yeah. Yeah, and those, and that is actually coming through Lata in writing. Eats food from the area of the world that she grew up in, and Carlos speaks Spanish when he's with another Spanish speaker. And yeah, and those are like small things little, tiny, that are big details things. that like what, like just make them more realistic characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely, that's the last note I had. I have a few little like I don't know general notes that don't really fit into. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. First of all, Millie just walks into the Campbell's house. And I like how everyone is just very comfortable coming and going from there, including Mary's future mother. That's true. <laughs> just walked in and like saw no one was there and just like stuck around just to make sure. So I was like, very amused. Yeah. Also, um, just like good little like group dynamic episode. Clothing episode. Clothing in this episode was really fun. First of all, Carlos, I think, actually beat Lava for best ep- for best dress in this episode. He looked so good in his little blouse and his like little heels. <laughs> Agreed. I was taking really close notes because I thought they, it was Lata's shoes we were looking at and then we were like, what up? I was like, no, that was Carlos' shoes. He looks so good. He looks so good. They're, I mean, again, like always, such good at costuming in this episode. Jojo is very hot. It's not yeah. hard to dress them, I'm yes. sure. <laughs> no, they look good in literally everything that they wear in any 
episode and it's it's great. Uh, they always look so amazing. Uh, Lotha's shirt at the end, like oh, yeah, it's one cute. of the more simple outfits that she wears, where it's just like a shirt and jeans, but it's a very cute shirt yeah. and I want it. Mary has some like little like side braids going. Uh, <laughs> they're so cute and she has a choker on and I, I just love her. Her little like hippie, like her like little 70s hippie kind of outfits <laughs> are such a nice uh, like homage to the era. Yeah, and, like, I she, love it. She dresses very much like the Mary Winchester that are familiar with but like in the era it's just like a little 70s like yeah. sprinkle on there <laughs> so and I really love nice. that I think they've done a great job Betty also shows up at the end of this episode in like a really cute white top it's not the cute white top that I loved at the end of the episode where Betty and Kyle met up it's a different white top it's still very cute and there are also really cute pants involved in that outfit yes there are <laughs> good job on the costuming department this week mm-hmm. as always yeah. but like as, yeah Really, we never, we, they haven't had an episode where we've had anything bad to say about the costuming, I don't think. I mean, honestly. Which, I mean, that's, I feel like that's, I mean, obviously everyone. I mean, the clothes are so fun. <laughs> but Daniil, like, that's something Daniil Ackles has talked about, like, really wanting to bring into this particular show was that set, like, very strong 70s, 70s vibe. vibe. It's like and such a... <laughs> they've done such a good job of the 70s aesthetic. I mean, and it's not, like, over the top, too. It's, it's, and like, everyone has their own, like, styles and characters, like, lots yeah. and, like, the orange oranges a lot and like the yellows and colors and like the greens and the pinks and the and the very gender bendy sort yeah. of like outfit i think it's been cool yeah because they don't just show it's not just and, like mary's one 70s reflect. era yeah like the mary you know but like john's outfits often like are like very reminiscent of like sam and dean outfits yeah and very makes sense for someone who came out of the military it's yeah it's really lovely what they've been able to do with those subtle things that make the show just make the show really enjoyable to like visually look at Millie and her like greasy coveralls just like looking mm-hmm. so cute I so love cute so in much. old so <laughs> cute in the little Canadian tuxedo there yeah she just looks so good in denim <laughs> she looks so good in denim and Joey says her hair tied up with a bandana it's, it's really a look mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do I have any other notes before we I watch do not, the I do not have I don't any think I have um, aside from like Mary and John are like out to track down G Winchester now yeah which that is like really the big connecting thing at the end is that that's all it's left out so feel like that's what feels like it's left (laughs) yeah so okay now that this is maybe a good time for us to talk about the preview for next week are you feeling ready for that i think so uh next week's episode is called the tears of the clown or the tears of a clown something in that tears of a clown tears of a clown which i was shocked it was like three days and no one had brought it up in the group chat (laughs) i okay i didn't watch this episode for the first Everybody time until literally last night. delayed episode. watching this week. Yeah, I, I watched it last night and then again this morning. Usually I'm the last person to watch it for the first time <laughs> and this week I think I might have been the first. I think you were the first. I saw that and I literally like ran to the group chat and I was like, why is no one screaming at me about this? Tears of a clown. <laughs> okay, but I do not know how I feel about this preview so... I don't either. I want to point out that John is more, gr- looks really grizzled in this episode, like he hasn't shaved in a while, which kind of makes sense if they're hiding yeah, out of the cabin, which I like. Thing. Maybe. I mean, though, it's like kind of just a, like a shadow. Like it could just be from like a few days at the cabin without the ability to shave. Yeah. Um, it's hard- about clowns just like generally I mean they're not my favorite I don't have like a super visceral reaction to them I think clown episodes 
I feel I'm not super interested by because I think there's not a lot of new that people do with clown episodes and they kind of just do the same things of like playing off of the fact that people don't like clowns. And I'm worried that this episode will go that direction and will not be saying anything particularly interesting. I think they're one of the least interesting like monster kind of things that Supernatural as a whole has done. So I'm skeptical of especially as a second to last episode, I'm skeptical about centering a whole episode around a clown one-off storyline. I feel pretty similar to that. <laughs> uh, I don't like clowns. I don't know anyone who likes clowns. Usually, I think I think Supernatural had that like Sam's afraid of clowns, so like it's okay to like find that funny element. And I, I'm almost kind of hoping like maybe that will be like a thing he picked up from John. Which that see that I would think that I would find funny. I would if that is that. like a reference. But honestly, these clowns look really creepy compared to some other clowns. They do. I don't think I'm going to enjoy. I don't think I'm going to enjoy what they're going to do with that. <laughs> also, this is 1972, and uh, John Wayne Gacy is active from 1972 to 1978. <laughs> and John Wayne oh, okay. Gacy canonically exists in Supernatural as John Wayne Gacy. Sam and Dean had to fight his ghost in like season 14 or 15. So they could have. A- so like this uh, maybe won't be like a John Wayne Gacy by name episode, but this could definitely be like a John Wayne Gacy like inspired off supernatural element because like I'm sure like in the like supernatural if we're like doing supernatural as like a lore thing like the John Wayne Gacy that they fight is like the story that we know like this is a bad dude who did bad things to people yeah but like you know if we do like oh here's a John Wayne Gacy but like there's a supernatural monster element to it which is very a very like supernatural sort of thing to do to go we're going to swear god if it's vampires again though I'm going to flip my (laughs) table better not be fucking vamp we've already done a vampire episode. We I hope it's not vampires, vampires. But we're over it, and we're definitely over vampires who are at all clown. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't you fucking dare, unless you we are... Can't a, do unless, it again. You, unless you are doing something really... Imagine if Dean showed up and it was vampire clown. I am really hoping <laughs> for some circus undercover work. That is I, kind of my hope. You know, we only have two episodes left. We gotta get in the good things while we can get them. <laughs> I agree. I Though I do hope... I hope that this preview is making this episode seem way more about clowns when it is... I'm hoping that they're doing at least yeah, some big plot stuff. Time. Well, also, we know we know a very specific cast that's going to be back for this yes, episode. which we haven't talked about at all. <laughs> which, yeah, so that, if you haven't, if you don't already know, Ruth Connell is going to be returning as Rowena in episode 12, which again, in the clown episode, so interesting yeah. choice. I'm wondering if it's a smaller cameo connected to the larger plot, or if it's connected to the clown plot. Not at all strike me as clown friendly. No, no. I wonder if she, I wonder if her role is going to be connected to the Akrita plotline. I think I And will. the clown stuff is a, is a cover and that's what they're showing. I am just saying, were I Dean Winchester and I was thrust back in time and I needed help <laughs> with something, I would absolutely go looking for the witch that, um, you know, because you know, it's a free Sam and Dean timeline, like, so they haven't really, like, turned Robina to their good side, but, like, she's still a very powerful witch. I, if I needed help with something, 
I would definitely go to her. <laughs> you make it worth her while? Yeah. And maybe. It won't be the same as uh, season 15, Rowena, but it could be the same as like season like 10 or 11, like begrudgingly helping you because you have something she wants, Rowena. Yep, yep. And depending where Dean's from, he could have a lot of things Rowena of the past would want <laughs> to <laughs> offer. Like, if you yeah. know you're going back in time, if Dean plans, because like that's really going to be the thing, is like, where is Dean from? And also like, how what much warning, how much heads up did he have that this was going to be a thing he was doing? Well, yeah, d- what does he have, what does he have access to? Because if he could like be like, I'm going to go back in time and like, I'm going to go tomorrow, that gives him time to pack some shit. <laughs> If the car can go back in time, it's whatever you can fit in the fucking car. <laughs> you can fit a lot in the fucking car. Who knows who Who knows what or who he fit in the car there with There are him. at least like three or four hundred books in the bunker that Romino of the past would be interested in having. <laughs> Two like very specific ones that they have, but like... So again, if they... Others, if, I'm sure. <laughs> if he interacts with Rowena, though, we feel we have yet another like timeline Continuity problem. issue. <laughs> what they're doing at the timeline. Because, yeah, she's definitely not, like, super aware of the Winchesters. No, not when, when she, she meets them. them. She's not familiar with them. So, if she had meets Then again, Dean, who, knows, who knows if Dean, like, is using his real name while he's going around messing with shit. Right, and if she would recognize him, like, if it's a brief interaction. I'm curious, I'm very Probably curious as care. to, like, link. I'm very curious as to, like, the significance of her role. Like, obviously, when we had Henry back, it was pretty, like, when we had Gil McKinney back, it was minor. Probably just 300 years, but she's not expecting that other people are just randomly living to be 300 years old so I'm sure she like even if she did remember Dean she's like oh it's probably like a relative or something like that was like 60 years ago Yeah, it's true. Unless she has a reason to connect those dots, which yeah. I'm we're sure going to assume she does. Also, like, Romita immediately meets Dean and is like, oh, this one's an idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not living 300 years. Yeah, he's not a witch. He's very clearly not a witch. Yeah, he's not immortal. He's, yeah. he's not, like, in the way that you can't die. He's just dying coming back repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. I honestly, I mean, I wasn't expecting Romita, and, like, this is definitely not the setup for an episode that I would expect Romina to be in at all. No. But I think it was a good, I think it was maybe good that they revealed that she's going to be in it, but then the promo has nothing has clear. Nothing to do with her. I think that it draws people into watching the episode, which I think is, is is a good thing in terms of we want the show to get watched. I do think we're going to meet Dean at the end of, at the end of the episode 12. <laughs> I hope so. I really, really hope so. I really think he might be present. <laughs> I, I think Just in like, the final realist- seconds. Right. If, well, and if he is, then we stand a good chance to see him quite a lot in the finale, which would yes. make me extremely happy. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of two ways that this can go. It's either they pull him out the last second in episode 13, or yeah. he's like a character in season, or in episode 13. Like, and I, just, I don't know what I predict at this point, <laughs> because I don't have enough information to know that. I want that. him to be, I want as big of a deal as the Akrita are making him into at this point, I want him to be like a major player in the final yeah. episode. I don't want like a, a, a like minute long shows up at the end. No, I reveal. I want this to be like a thing that he is helping actively helping them with. Yeah, exactly. And I want explanations for where the fuck he's been, where the fuck Sam and Cass are, how the car got here, all the things. I need an ex. I just need like a t- I need ten minutes of Dean sitting in jail <laughs> and explaining all this shit 
it's me. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I hope Bonus that they... points if you get another scene where Dean uh, tells Mary Winchester that uh, he's, a, he's her son and John Ray is supposed to be hunted. Again? <laughs> Fifth or sixth reveal that your uh, spouse failed to be the parent you wanted to be and raised your children as your, like, worst nightmare. But this would be the first reveal where, she, like, really where she can, like, properly do something about it, potentially. Like, where she hasn't already made the deal. Yeah, where she can do something. Also, where John is there, that she can, like, take her anger yeah. out on him and he'll have the full context of what I she's mean, mad he was, about. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, it'd be really funny. I mean, Dean's primary relationship with his mother is in is as the bearer of bad news about her spouse and the fact that it could happen again is very funny actually <laughs> <laughs> the fact that also he could potentially tell john that yeah i feel like we haven't had enough of uh young i mean we had it like kind of once with young john but like not enough yeah i'm i am wary it, about any conversation that john and dean have about how john treats them later mm-hmm. just because i you know i've still seen too much john apologism to like be confident but this show in general has not leaned into john apologism so I, i'd be interested i'll be interested to see what they do if they let them interact yeah i don't think i have anything else to uh, add to that honestly when have i ever known where this is going <laughs> <laughs> from episode one we have we have just i feel like i i'm curious to go back and listen to like our earlier episodes mm-hmm. with the new i feel like we were a lot we more confident in like episode one we yeah i think we <laughs> thought we knew what the plot was gonna be and now i, I genuinely we're at, we have two episodes left and i have no idea how the fuck they're wrapping up this story storyline or any of the important things that have happened. Did you have anything to uh, check off your bingo card this week? Oh, that's a really good question. Let me take a look right now at my I bingo card. I don't think card. I have anything new. I have a feeling I don't have anything new, but let's let's take a quick little look-see. Yeah, no, I don't have anything new. Again, until I, there's, there's a bunch that I'm right on the edge of that I may end up having all of a sudden once we have Dean, but as of right now, nothing new. I have Rowena is like referenced slash mentioned for example in a, like a book or something and like the fact that we're gonna get like actual <laughs> Rowena like I, I undershot that but quite a lot we have to rest in peace to the fact that Beth who is not here with us today had took disco Rowena, Rowena on off. and took her off in our mid-season and took her off of her card Jamie did not take disco Rowena off her single card <laughs> <laughs> Jamie pulling ahead again face <laughs> It's so funny. Something that Beth discarded off her card. <laughs> oh, I didn't even hope for Ruth Cottle. Honestly, that wasn't even a thought on my radar at this point. I was like, oh, like that would be nice, like months ago. Yeah, yeah. But, I honestly like, didn't think it was a wire. Well, and we're getting. I know at least her and at least one other character. I heard a rumor, and I have no backing for this. And I tried to look it up, and I have no back for. It. I heard a rumor about Crowley a couple of days ago I from heard someone the on same Twitter. Rumor. From someone on Twitter that said that someone at a con kind of maybe did. <laughs> the classic I'm a supernatural actor and I can't keep my mouth shut I heard the exact same rumor and okay for the exact same reason that if I were Dean I would go looking for Rowena if I was Dean I would also go looking for Crowley absolutely if you need people who are helpful to you in that yeah and like you know how to fucking deal with them at this point too like it's those are reliable sources of help you know what they're capable of you also know how they're gonna try and fuck you over yeah so you know what you're getting into and you also know where they are roughly at that also, point like, in the timeline. Probably 
gets really familiar with them very quickly in season five. It's true. It would totally make sense if, like, 60 years ago, Dean Winchester showed up. So there's like, no way that Crowley won't remember Dean, <laughs> which would make no. it... That one, I feel like, the Rowena one, I'm like, I could buy that she just wouldn't remember them. Crowley, I'm like, there's no way, based on the, like... But, like, maybe he's just, like, chill with it. Like, maybe it's, like, I don't know <laughs> what that was, but... He just doesn't ever talk, doesn't ever bring it up. If, as long as Dean follows through on his end of whatever deal they make, like, what? That would be, <laughs> It's also extremely funny to me if Crowley is like, yeah, I totally know about a thing in the 70s where a future version of you comes and does something. Mm-hmm. And just doesn't mention it. Okay, so we've both heard that rumor, so we'll see if that mm-hmm. becomes, if that's true, and if it's in this next episode. I think we're gonna have maybe a couple of cameos in the last episode I of mean, returning characters based on, inter- based on interviews. Down interviews the wire. Made, <laughs> interviews, well, interviews made it sound like after the uh, Richard Spate episode, interviews made it sound like there were at least two more returning characters. Like, there were multiple. So at least two. So Rowena's one. I mean, we have at least one more. And I'm not really counting Dean in that because I no, think... No, I wouldn't that, either. He was already here in episode one. Yeah, so I think more likely we're getting someone else. And this is like, this plot is really shaping up to be about Dean Winchester like with the Akrita. Like, they're actively looking for him and like, whatever the fuck he's doing. They really baited us with with this whole this story is about John and Mary bullshit only to pull a, jo- a Dean Winchester story out of their ass I mean we we really said again and again like it cannot be about John and Mary it cannot like that cannot be the thing and you know what props it, it to wasn't them. it wasn't props, <laughs> props to them for being like no it's about John and Mary and then not not really <laughs> delighted by the show as always as pretty much always uh, you know uh, I think that's all we have for you folks this yeah week. that is uh, I mean that was a lot for the two of us to do on our <laughs> <laughs> oh oh actually oh actually we had someone sent us a message somebody sent us a message someone sent us a message on Tumblr so yes. someone sent us a message on Tumblr like six days ago we will respond also on our Tumblr to this but they sent they referenced that in episode three your lost little girl they asked if we had seen the figurine of Jensen in the lair of uh, whatever the monster of the week was. Which I remember when that episode came out, a bunch of people looking at that shot and yes. being like, oh, it's like there was a bunch of people freaking out being like, that looks like Dean. And then there were a few people who were like, no, we're pretty sure it's not. And I, so I like originally was like, yeah, that looks like Dean because I was on the fully clowning at that point. But that was episode three. We didn't have a lot to say that Dean was actually going to like show up in this story. Yeah. And now looking back I'm really glad this person sent this message because yeah I, I'm willing to say that's that's maybe I mean, the more I mean I can't <laughs> unsee it it's like that thing where like when someone tells you like what shape to look for like that's all you can see yeah or like what sound you can hear that's all that's the only sound you do hear and it definitely could be that but like to me that does look like Jensen's face it it does to me too and honestly it almost doesn't matter if it's the cheekbone nose it almost doesn't matter because he does now show up in the narrative so now him appearing throughout it yeah. is just kind of deliciously fascinating I mean that that could be Jensen and be Dean and like not mean anything I could just be like the props department having fun well yeah knowing he is going to show up in this episode so it does mean something but it also doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything that he's in this specific moment but it is a fun hint to the fact that he is in this story 
story if you know where to look. So thank you to this person, Taylor Swift Ships SDL 13, which also incredible username. Bless you. <laughs> I applaud you for not just having that username, but for getting that username amongst the like hundreds of Taylor Swift Dusty Elfers. <laughs> and if you if you see hear this message, which I think you probably will based I'm on your message. You're still listening to this podcast. <laughs> if you are, we how I'm very curious, how long have you had this URL? Like when did you get this URL? Because I would like to know. Also, we'd like to be friends. <laughs> yes. And come talk to us anytime about your theories and parallels. And to anyone else who's listening, please come talk to us on Twitter or on Tumblr about your theories and predictions. We may be slow to respond at times, but we will respond and we are very excited about yes. them. Yes, we will. <laughs> okay, that's actually the last thing I had to say. Hello, Editing August here. Some of you may be listeners on my other show, Saving People Queering Things. Well, on that show recently, we were recording and we ended up talking about this episode of the Winchesters and some predictions and thoughts about the upcoming episode, Tears of a Clown. We thought we would include this special little bonus segment here in this episode. This bonus clip features myself, Elena, one of our Wayward Parents hosts, as well as Noah, who is a first-time watcher of Supernatural and has currently watched to the end of season four, as well as Pluto, aka Queerbait Scholar, who many of you may know from TikTok or Twitter, who has seen all of Supernatural and the Winchesters. So enjoy this extra little bonus clip. And it's like, uh, I want to clown about the Winchesters right now, but that would require spoilers. So I won't do that. But <laughs> I, I do know quite a bit about the Winchesters, so... I... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you can, I mean, if you you want to like send I mean, me a I message t- saying I, what you're going to say, I can tell you whether or not it's safe to say or not. It, it was about the the title of the Winchester's season finale because it's not like... Yeah, you can talk. You can talk about that. That's... Okay. Yeah. So like, I don't know. That, like, that scene just like maybe think about how like later on, like Cass does that and Dean like says out loud to the empty car. He's like, God, you suck at goodbyes. And then like you follow that reference all the way to the end where like he's like, why does this sound like a goodbye? And like then the title of the finale being like hey that's no way to say goodbye i'm like i'm full cloud makeup like (laughs) wow wow pluto oh my god wait 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 wait, 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 wait. what is the finale title hey that's no way to say goodbye and like rowena is going to be in this week's episode and she also tweeted about you know oh like rowena could be around kind of matching with misha's tweet about the time traveling angel so i'm like Interesting. For no particular reason. We were talking about queer baiting coming to an end earlier, you know, this... Yeah! Potential. Talk about Paratech, baby. So Rowena, and then who else are they going to introduce? I'm sorry. The episode is called The Tears of a Clown. It's a clown episode. But it's called The Tears of a Clown. I don't, I am not a huge fan of clown episodes. And I really hope that this clown episode is hiding what it's really about. Like, I really hope that the, the plot yeah. is a B plot because it better fucking be only two yeah. episodes left. Because like Rowena's in it and they said like there's a big reveal in episode 12. I don't think yeah. that. So I'm thinking the, the preview is a is, yeah. is the preview of the b the b plot of the episode because the a plot has to be the main plot because we are two episodes in the finale because like rowena is definitely not the big reveal because they posted it a week beforehand there is a reveal in the episode i have a feeling i know what i have a, i have a couple of guesses as to what it I is but i won't say because uh, they are spoilers i mean i guess but i think it's gonna be i think it would be the obvious yeah i think so too dean coming and i think we've all figured it out we're talking to each other now i think we assume that dean's in it um at least in the last minute i think I think like Dean's gonna like they're gonna be in the bunker at the end of the episode they're gonna be walking into like the clubhouse and he's just mm-hmm. gonna be standing there and be like we need to talk 
That would be so good. Can I like Powerful. change my bingo card to say that Dean's going to show up and say we got work to do? <laughs> so get this. <laughs> so get this. I was looking into no because like my theory is like that he's he needs the box. He's going to use the box to get cash back. He's going to like reverse engineer. Oh it. my god! I didn't even think of that. Because like the like it works by like if you put something from like the planet or whatever that the creature is from, like it'll suck that creature. Out. Up. So if you reverse engineer it, you put something in there that belongs to a creature you want to pull from a dimension. What is what does he have of Cass's? He has a bloody handprint. Whoa. Yeah, from fifteen eighteen from the convention oh, okay. scene. So he has his blood. It's, I mean, it's a pretty it's it's that's as close as you can get to like it being all laid out there. If that box exists, yeah, you he wants Cass back, Dean's back. Well, then then there's just the loophole of how did Dean get back? Oh well, where the what the fuck is happening with the timeline? Which is the focus on the timeline. And whatnot, and saying that Dean went back and is like just trying to create a timeline where his parents can be happy, and maybe this version of Dean will just grow up normal and whatnot. Yeah. But then, where is Dean coming from? Which part? At which point in his own timeline is Dean coming from? I don't really care about the Winchester timeline. It's it has to be the end. I could not give less of a fuck about John and Mary. I do not care. <laughs> it's it's not about them. It's yeah. about Dean going back and creating that universe so that version of Dean can be all right. But it's alternate from like it's separate from his so it doesn't affect how he got there so like i know people are freaking out about that line that was like he's not of this world and people are like using that as like dean's an angel like first of all he would never agree to that like he would never no 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 also john doesn't john doesn't know shit like they don't even know who he is so like even the creator like reacting the way they did like i don't i kind of think that this is just like an alternate universe entirely yeah that's my theory as soon as dean went back he created a brand because it's already different don't forget to send us your own predictions and theories on our twitter at wayward parents or on our tumblr at wayward parents podcast especially now we're getting down to the end how do you think where do you think this is going get your final predictions in folks yes and if you want to like do the like bingo card thing these are your last two weeks to play bingo (laughs) yep (laughs) if you win bingo we we are still we will still send you some stickers if you win bingo so like but you have to have like posted it before the finale or else it's cheap Yes. There is a link in the show notes. I'm gonna I'm gonna impose this a rule. If you haven't posted your bingo card before next episode, episode twelve airs. You're not eligible for stickers. Yeah, you're not eligible for stickers. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta post it and tag us and then if you win bingo, you're eligible for stickers. Also, we all we all have to do our part to be Jamie who has not watched any of this show. It is our duty. <laughs> Otherwise I'm gonna be sending Jamie a whole bunch of out of context Winchesters related stickers. That's just gonna be very confusing to <laughs> I will be making a Disco Rowena sticker. I'm just going to say that right now. There will be a Disco Rowena sticker. As the official bingo winner, um, I would like that sticker. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are the first person who is going to guaranteed get those stickers. <laughs> is there anything else I'm supposed to say? <laughs> no. Okay. No. <laughs> Cue the clown car. It's time to go home. Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>